Welcome to This Is Fine Podcast. I am your host, Iz, or you could call me Israel. And with me on the other line, he did the monster mash and it was a graveyard smash. It's drop. Hey, feeling seasonal and festive. Uh, you guys won't know this by the time you listen to it, but we're recording late night. It's the it's the late night pod. The the after hour. This is the quiet storm episode. We're just gonna like light some candles and some incense, and just talk real soft and low. I mean, keep it. I love cool. fall. I think um, everything's coming together good this year. We're one day away out as we record from Halloween. Um, so I wanted to start with uh, some festive questions. Since it's Halloween, biggest fear? I know nothing about you. So, I mean, easy question. I don't like spiders. My biggest wow, fear really? is like dying. But I guess like if we're talking like physical things, I don't like spiders. Or snakes. Oh, I was talking like uh, like emotional stuff, like dying alone or fear. Well, dying never. alone doesn't bother me as much as just the act of dying itself. Oh, yeah, constantly. Or the fear of becoming your parents. Or, We're actually uh, going to get to that the later. The fear of Jeff Bezos killing us all. We're going to get to that fear of becoming your parents thing later in the episode. Wait, but, really? Yes, we are. But, um... Yeah, I, I don't like spiders. I don't like death. Uh, I don't like... Uh, I have an irrational fear of, like, ha- having a really average suburban life. Oh, really? That's the life I want. Like, that's kind of my dream. Like, I, that's... I, would, I would literally go crazy from just the repetition that it is. I love what do you the suburbs are great. The I suburbs give a aren't great, the problem. I the can give a great argument for the suburbs. The suburbs like, aren't give, the problem. I've given this spiel before. The suburbs aren't the problem. The problem is the monotony that comes with people who live in the suburbs. Boredom is boredom. There's a freedom in boredom. There is, but I hate boredom. it so much. I hate boredom so My pro- much. I hate the city and I hate the people that are in the city. And I find it so strange to me that people move to the most metropolitan areas possible uh, to amplify their uniqueness, when in reality, being in a city just means statistically, there's probably a carbon copy of you within walking distance at any point of any time. Like, you are the least unique. If you want to be unique, go to bumfuck nowhere. Go to the suburbs. You'll be unique. You'll be a freak. Everyone will treat you like one. You'll be so unique. But the city, everyone is the same in the city. And everyone does the same things. And everyone's a transplant. It sounds horrible. But Suburbs, there's such a calm you under, in the border. I think you underestimate how much people don't want to be outcasts. They want to find other people like them. Oh, I assume that people... Because everyone that I know that has that is a transplant to a major city was having an existential crisis in their 20s. Right. Like, that. that's why they went. And I feel like that existential crisis was to figure out who they are. And I'm like, why would you go well, to figure out who you are in the most populated 
city in the world. That's just going to distract you from being alone and figuring out who you are. The fact that I live in the suburbs means every day that I wake up, I have to like take a hard, long look in the mirror and like deal with, you know, some personal defects. Like I can be alone. Like I don't, I don't know if I could say that about a lot of other people. Drop. You're underestimating the fact that people don't want to be alone. They want to like distract themselves from their worst fears personally and their worst attributes, so they move to cities where they'll always be busy. I grew oh, up, no, 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 I, grew no. up I look bored. my fears dead in the face. I grew up, I I grew up being bored in the, in the country, and I, you know, all I know is like suburban life and their divorces and their like humdrum activities, and it's just like I've been running away from that. And, like, the idea of, like, one day my life is just going to be, like, coming home from work and, like, eating the same fucking dinner I had a week ago and, like, pretending I care about, like, whatever activity my kids are into. Like, that's like, that's cool in doses, but every day? That sounds Okay, awful. so I have every a question day? for you. If that's not the life for you... Do you see anyone else that has a life that you think would make you happy if that is no. the life you want? The thing about life is it's every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get a day off from life. You don't get to just be like, okay, this was cool, but like I kind of need a break. I, or I need a hibernate or something. Like you okay, have so to I'm, do it. I'm every gonna say day. something personal right now because you just said a sentence that um I've said to a lot of people. I'm sober. Like, I, I don't partake in anything. I don't party. Like, I, I, I am 100% sober. And I tell people all the time, the problem with sobriety or opting out of that is you have to be in control of your life every day. Like, you have to really sit with yourself. Like, when you're not around people, you're not in clubs, you're not drinking or smoking or doing anything, life is painful. Like, it's painful realizing that, like, you're the common denominator in your own misery. But I found a freedom in that. I found a freedom in, oh, the minute you detach yourself from getting fucked up in waking up on someone's couch and dealing with your personal problems and dealing with the onset of becoming an adult, it's a very healthy thing. But it's just a choice I made for my life for healthy living, which sounds super corny and stupid. It's just, you know, that's how I decided I wanted to live this year. And it's painful. Life fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. But there's a freedom in knowing you can be alone and fine. There's, it's a hard thing. There's freedom in knowing that, but the actual doing it is just, like, the worst part. The worst part of life is living it. That is I mean, the absolute worst part about life, is that you actually have to do it I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to agree with you as far as, like, I hated the suburbs. I always wanted to move out of the suburbs. I always hated the people I grew up with and I always hated where I lived. And then I, I left and I came back home. Um, and then I realized something, every dickhead that says he doesn't want to be like the people from his hometown, someone else from his hometown, he's that dickhead. Like someone else from your hometown is being like, I don't want to be like, like him and pointing to you or thinking about your face. Like, you know, like every dickhead from your hometown, you're no different from them. 
I actually, like, I actually really love the people from my hometown. I don't I, like the people like from my to, hometown, but I do love my hometown. Now. I used to hate like, them. I appreciate. It. I used to hate them when I was young, and I thought like I was, I was like this caged, artistic bird being trapped in this suburban hell. Yeah, you know, I went through that phase, but I think everyone goes through that, that phase. I've, I went through that exact phase. Now that I've grown out of it, I was just look back like I really love, I really love Tallahassee, Florida, and all the people I grew up with, and like. Like, I would never, I'm I'm not the type to, like, I would go back home and, like, brag about shit I've done. Like, I, that's, I, that was never my, my style. I mean, I never moved. I mean, I've lived outside of my state for extended periods of time. I never moved away from home. And I live by myself now. And I'm planning to move um, in a couple of years. Like, I'm planning to move across the country in a couple of years. But that being said, um, I live in a state where dreams go to die. Like people, people come to my state because they couldn't make it work in the metropolitan area. But I love the fact that like every year there's going to be a new recreation soccer league. Every single year, people are going to do trick or treating. Halloween is never going to change. The leaves are going to come. We're going to have a blizzard, and we're not going to be ready for it, and everyone's going to complain about it, and life moves slowly. I need life to move slowly. Like, I can't have a hectic life. Like, I can't go out and party and drink with people because I find people insufferable. But in the suburbs, I don't find people insufferable because I can go inside and I can leave. In the city, you're always near people. Even if you live alone, you're by people. There's always something happening. I hate that. I love the monotony of everyday life because the monotony of everyday life means that you're not, there's not some tragedy going on. Hopefully every moment in a city seems like a minor tragedy for someone, you know, I think you have a very big picture outlook on everyday life. Me? Yeah. And I think, Oh yeah, no, definitely. A lot of people get lost in the, like myself, get lost in the actual doing of, everyday life that like when you sit down and think about it just makes people it makes you go crazy it makes you start to itch and like feel like you have to do something to escape my brother he said to me he's like i can't be you he's like you can walk into work and he's like you you can just shut off your emotion like you can just shut off your emotion for eight hours and not even think about it and i totally can't like work school if it's like, even if I'm at, I can shut off my emotion. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really need to fulfill, fulfill me. Like, I don't need any fulfillment from it. Like, but I know that's it. That's something that other people don't feel. But for eight hours, I'm like, yeah, I got a paycheck for this. Like, I don't have to like this. Like, I don't like, and I do like what I do. And I do like where I am. But a lot of the times you're there every day. So I shut off my emotions. So it's hard having a lot of friends my age who are just like, I'm not fulfilled. I'm like, of course you're not fulfilled. You're a human being. No one is fulfilled. No one is emotionally fulfilled. Even Beyonce, you know, has been making albums about being unfulfilled. And she's Beyonce, you know? All right, it's just so, human nature. So since we're getting into this, we might as well move on to a topic that I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, today... Um, you know, as an Outcast fan, I try to keep up with any new developments 
with both members. And today, Andre 3000, uh, he had an interview with GQ that came out. And I read it. And the entire interview is basically about his... He talks about his social anxiety and why he moved to New York to force himself out of, like, his, like, distrust and disinterest in talking to people. He talked about uh, wanting to design clothes for Anita Baker officially, which which is just such an interesting choice. Uh, He talked about his fear of that he's becoming his dad. Uh, he talked, you know, he his both of his parents passed away, and he's been thinking about whether or not he's becoming all the negative attributes of his father are sort of starting to turn up in himself. And he talks about his regrets with raising a child and his feeling that, like, he's too irrelevant to be part of rap anymore and I just really like this interview because I like when first of all I like when rappers don't care about rap that's just a personal thing agree second it but I also just really like this interview because he just spent the whole time talking about like I'm 45 or I'm in my 40s and I feel like if I die tomorrow I think, like, I'm, I'm going to think of, well, if I was going to die tomorrow, I'm going to think about all the things I didn't get to do instead of the things I did do. Like, I'm in this rut. I was doing drugs and drinking too much. And I've never dealt with my parents' death. And I have all the worst attributes of my parents' And I've never dealt with it, and I'm trying to deal with it now because I'm going to therapy, and they're telling me I need to deal with it. And I just find that really interesting just as a human being to, like, I find that way more interesting than any questions someone could have asked him about rap or whatever dumb arguments people on the internet have about Outkast or Andre 3000. And uh, so... I guess what I wanted to start this up with is, well, is there anything specific that you wanted to know about this interview or that you wanted to talk about before I like? Um, I only read a snippet of it. You gave a great description. Um, Number one, fun outcast fact, big boy has me blocked. Yes, you've explained this before, I believe, on the show. Yeah, it really bothers me because I think he's a great rapper. And I think he is the star of Outcast. So and does, I think his so does Andre, huh? apparently. Huh? So does Andre, apparently. Oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but honestly, I want to talk about... And maybe this is not specifically about Andre so much, but like, I'm at that age, and I think we're around the same age, where I am totally aware that I'm becoming my father. Like, I'm so aware of it. And even though he had, you know, a thousand good qualities and I probably inherited some of those and he was a good man, I like to think, um, I'm terrified. I tell women that I'm with all the time that I'm becoming a father 
like I'm becoming my father in a lot of um, strange ways because I I have a lot of social anxiety and I don't like people, but also um, I can be very charming. And I only developed that because, you know, like Andre said, like I had to force myself. Like I joined a fraternity specifically because I was like, either I'm going to be alone for four years or I can get out of my comfort zone and force myself to learn how to schmooze people and to get through life and do it. But now what that's created is I've become a very, and I'm trying not to use any strong language. I've become very, there's a fakeness to my interactions with people and they seem to enjoy it. Like I can just turn it on. And the minute I leave, I'm like, I hate all these people and I'm going to detach for the next couple days. So it's a very strange thing. Not only am I becoming like my father and the fact that I can be personable and I can turn it on, um, some part of that feels manipulative for me. I am... uh, Go ahead. No, continue. What were you going to say? I was going to say I am becoming my father in the sense that, like, I'm just, like, aggravated and angry all the time. It just, like, I don't know how to... to, I don't know how to let that out in a positive way. And, like, I have all the same, like, mannerisms and, like, I get really frustrated just like him. I get really irritable just like him. And I haven't figured out 100% how to, like, channel that into something that's just not actively hurting people. It's just terrifying. Like what you just said is terrifying. And I'm trying to like crystallize how I'm my father. But I think the perfect example I have is I know I'm a dick. Like I know I'm being a dick to people and I'm super aware of it. And then I'll just put on a smile and everyone will forgive me. Or I'll say a comment, a funny joke, and everyone will forgive me and I'll be off the hook. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. You guys can't keep letting me off the hook because I'm charming. Like, that's not okay. Like, I'm never going to learn that way. Like, I have to change. But I've learned a way to operate where it's just like, oh, if I if I smile the right way or I do something nice, I can get out of the fact and not take ownership for the fact that I'm an asshole a lot of the time. And I use that in a very manipulative way where I don't really have real relationships with people, you know? I kind of just smooth people to get what I want and then kind of dip and leave. And I'm like, fuck fuck this social interaction or fuck this relationship with this person. I have what I need now, which I don't know if that's too personal or real, but it's like, I hated that about my father, even though he was an amazing man and he did a lot more than I could ever hope to do. It's just, you know, I feel a type of way about not taking ownership for the fact that I'm a dick or a flaming asshole. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And the, this is this is actually surprisingly heavy for a Halloween episode, but you know, life is scary, man. We Halloween don't need to put on masks. And I think this is real. I think this is a real thing that men and women both. I think I've gotten a lot of great thing, great things from my mother, but I think I've taken some of the worst aspects of my father, which troubles me because I do respect him a lot. I've taken all the worst aspects from both of my parents, but yeah. Really? Yeah. But definitely more so my dad. I don't want to... It's always, I think, it's always the most, it's always the most negative aspects that, that seep into your personality. 
I'm going to play devil's advocate for brown parents in general and maybe for your parents. Do you ever feel like they did their best? Or, oh, or I, I absolutely... This is actually... It's funny because I just talked about this with my therapist last week. Like, I am not... I have a lot of feelings about my parents, but, like, I am not irrational. I know that they did what they thought they were supposed to do. Like, that's, I think, the one thing about growing up is realizing that, like, your parents didn't actually know anything. They just did what they thought would work. And from that aspect, it's hard for me to, like, be completely angry. Like, I still feel like they did the wrong things, but I get it. It wasn't, like... It, they weren't being malicious. They just didn't know. They didn't know what to do. So, like, I'm not really, like, angry about it anymore. I mean, I I have a lot of negative feelings about my parents, but they're also outweighed by all the positive, which I realize I'm conflating in my old age. I'm like, oh, my parents were great. Like, I've gotten to the point where I just kind of let them off the hook because of all the mistakes I'm making. Because now that I'm an adult and I'm really in the body and the mindset of an adult and I make money and I have adult relationships and I have to maintain a job and all these other things, I realize how much I fuck up. And I'm like, oh, it's so easy when you're like young to be like, oh yeah, your parents fucked up doing this. How many, I look at all the things I fucked up and I'm just like, oh, I'm way worse than my parents were at my age. Like I'm way worse off than they were like I've fucked up a lot and like I'm gonna sit here and judge them but also I'm not scared like I this is gonna sound cocky I know I'm gonna be a better parent than my parents were oh yeah I I definitely know that but I also am jealous because it's like I didn't have the benefit of a of a Clinton economic boom to help me out so oh millennials are fucked and I'm not even from a financial standpoint I don't think if the economy ever gets better, we're ever going to know how to enjoy it. I don't think we're ever going to be capable of enjoying No, of course not. We're going to be again. too busy like, And that's to say if that happens, die. which it won't, um, we're fucked. We're emotionally fucked as a generation. We're fucked. So I guess uh, we should end this on a slightly lighter note. Uh, are there any Halloween specials or shows that you really like? Um, like Halloween TV shows? Yeah, just, or Halloween uh, specials or whatever, or movies, uh, whatever. Um, I hate, I absolutely hate seasonal or topical episodes of TV shows. Um, yeah. You're probably, the, you must be the worst when Christmas comes around. Oh, don't even get me started. Uh, uh. I'm the worst at Christmas. I hate it so much. I'm such a Grinch. Like, my family doesn't really even want me at dinner. Like, I'll just disappear for hours on end. And then they're just like, where were you all Christmas? And I was like, gone. Like, I don't want to be here right now. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dick around. I don't like holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this time of year, though. I liked Halloween Town. That's my vote. I think Halloween Town is an underrated film. In the Halloween canon. Um, Hocus Pocus too. Um, and I love the Addams Family. Uh, but I like the Addams Family cartoon from the 90s. I think. Yeah. 
I think all of my aesthetics comes from that cartoon and realizing that depression could be funny um, and morbidity could be funny. Um, and I think Morticia Adams informed a lot of uh, 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 what I find attractive in women. And I love the name Wednesday. Yeah, we, I think lo- that's a beautiful we name. love some goth girls on this Oh, podcast. yeah, definitely. Black lipstick, done. What's your favorite Halloween special song uh, tradition? I don't know any Halloween song other than Monster Mash. Monster by Kanye West. Is that a, is that really a, are we gonna, are we gonna count that? Yeah, yeah. All right. I think Jay Z's verse on that uh, pushed Halloween back. I think it, it's definitely decade. terrifying. Yeah. In, in but a, what's your favorite <laughs> Halloween? Uh, I like the Charlie Brown Halloween special. Really, I find those incredibly irritating. I well, you know, I still have a soul, and. You really been ragging on me right now. I uh, well, it's still Scorpio season, right? So you can. Take oh, it. my Scorpio season is going exactly as intensely as you would think a Scorpio season would go. And I was trying to calm down on the last last episode, and it it, it didn't work. Like I'm back to square one right now. I like Beetlejuice and uh and the craft. I like the Beetlejuice cartoon a lot from the nineties. I don't I the movie terrified me as a kid. Well yeah, everything terrifies you as a kid. Oh, I was the worst as a kid. I, I couldn't I remember be Home Alone anything. terrified me as a kid. I watched Home Alone two on VHS literally a million times. I love that movie so much. Um and now I'm uh, terrified of home invaders. And it's kind of crazy. Not only that Macaulay Culkin is still bawling off the residuals from that movie. But also just like how fucked the nineties were in terms of like plots. Like Uncle Buck is just about some like drunk like idiot just taking care of some kids and like drunk driving everywhere. I do or, remember. Like, the Ernest series is just about some older guy hanging out with random kids in different states doing various activities. The nineties were fucked, man. Fucked. Well, you know, they had to prepare us for life. Which is also fucked. I'm trying to think of a he- uh, a happy thing, a happy note. So back to the Andre 3000 thing. Um, did he say anything happy? I mean, like, like it wasn't like completely negative, but like I, you know, I got what he was. He talked a lot about like the things he wanted to do, such as like the fashion stuff and the. Do you think he's? Music a, do you think Andre 3000 is irrelevant in 2017? I think he thinks he's irrelevant, and that's I think good enough irrelevant. for me. If he thinks that, that's good enough for me. I don't. I'm not to... even being malicious, and you know, not to bore people with rap talk, but like, you know, rap is moving as fast as indie rock did in the early 2000s, and the fact that nearly everyone that's popular now is going to be irrelevant. Like this time last year, Lil Yachty was possibly one of the biggest rappers. And now he's literally irrelevant. Like no one is. I mean, about he literally said something similar, which was like, "Rap is about hip hop is about being hip," and all the rappers I used to love are like doing nothing now. I don't know why I can't anyone keep would want to be a pulse. rapper in 2017. Yeah, like, like you know, it's miserable. It rap is a miserable existence. Honestly, I understand. I don't understand. 
but it's kind of like you look at Kanye and you're like, you really have given your life story to all these people and kind of used your depression um, as a muse. And, and it just sucks the life out of you. Look at Jay-Z. Like, Jay-Z, like, yeah, he seems happy, but, like, you know, he's in an unhappy marriage to some degree. Rap really takes more out of you than it gives to you. Like, what is rap, has rap given more to someone than it's taken? Really? I'm sure a bunch of angry people will tell us how great rap is. But, oh, yeah, no, rap is, rap is perfect, and there's nothing wrong with it, but, um, you know... Look at all of, uh, like Andre said, look at all of the people that you loved when you were a kid and how many of them are like paying their bills right now or don't have to slum it on VH1 to like make a living. Like, you know, but sure, you know, if Andre 3000 is miserable and feels like he's irrelevant, there's a problem with hip hop and I don't even like him. There's a problem with hip hop where there's no, there's no legacy circuit for those guys. It's not like rock. There's no legacy circuit, you know? A tribe called Quest, yeah, they can sell out shows, but they're not doing stadiums. And that's strange, you know? It's just, it makes no sense to me. I mean, you build a genre based on relevancy. That's kind of what's going to happen. But I think it's different. I also think it's, it's in the way that it's sold. Like, rock is basically sold as an art form. And hip-hop is sold to be disposable. I mean, even look at album covers. Like, literally in the fabric and the DNA of hip-hop, we're kind of a disposable genre. And it's how we look at it. And it's fucked. You know, but that's why it's the hot one of the hottest genres right now. Because it moves faster than anything. It's just gonna suck when, you know this stable of rappers get run, ran into the ground. Like someone's saying they're a sob, sob baby fan. I'm just like, so you're just a second generation, young thug, third generation, young thug fan, basically. Like, I mean, you know, rap is capitalism personified and it's just going to suck the life out of you. Wow. This is a really a uh, grim episode. Happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, don't, don't, don't be your parents. Yeah, everyone's going to be their parents. Everyone's going to traumatize their kids. Just just own up to it. You know, get ready to say sorry in 20 years. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a good note to end on. Okay, well, happy Halloween.